This is a parental guidance moment. Welcome to the Sunday service. It's the world's shittest podcast. It's the home of the hostile gospel. And I've got a special one for you today. Bobby, the brown snake, Sandu. Bam. What's happening, baby? Well, first of all, I was going to judge you and your podcast based off of if you had an intro or not. Yeah. I was like, will you have one? That's a sign because I do things like bare minimum. Yeah. And I filmed some podcasts and had no intro. Oh, and was, I, I was I this the B team one that you did? I was just doing, yeah. I did a few episodes there at the B team, yeah. And then I did my first podcast with an intro, and I was like, "This is a step up." Oh, yeah, you so feel you've like you've had an intro, yeah. And I'm already like, "Wow!" And I'm it's the, and it's and it's the world shittest podcast. And we've, <laughs> we've got we've got a few segments that we like to do as well. So you've done the Biffs and Riffs podcast with us. So yes, some of the regular listeners to um, that listen to both will know who you are. Um, but what we like to do on the pod each week is we break down a different beer and we crack a beer with the guests and we uh, we enjoy it. So let's do this. Hey. Wow. I feel like I'm in a movie. Our life is a movie, Bob. That's true. Give it some more. As a proud Indian Australian, how do you Damn. how do you feel when you hear the almighty VB theme song? And you've poured a great beer, sir. Cheers to you, guys. Cheers. How do you feel when you hear it's that music? It's a Newcastle music? comedy. I had no idea what that music was, but it was uplifting. Oh, that's the that's the VB theme song. Of course you know that. Yeah. All right, let's have a taste of this, see how she goes. Oh, damn. For, for people listening, this beer is 2.6 standard drinks. And it's a big old, uh, big old taste in the mouth, so... Um, what we're doing, that sounded gay as fuck. <laughs> 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 it's so big and tasty in my mouth. Um, so <laughs> what we are drinking is a uh, a special release by Capital Brewing Co. called the Brew Zealand Hazy Double IPA. So I um, I had a fellow BJJ gentleman in here earlier in the week, uh, wow. Dave Brooks. Yes. And uh, Dave Brooks Bank, I think, uh, he he stage named Dave Brooks, um, but he doesn't drink alcohol, so it was kind of like me just having having a beer, and I was just like telling him that it's kind of good, and then I was just like, "Is this weird that I'm telling him you're drinking a fucking orange juice?" So <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a uh, good to have someone who can drink this with me, and uh, and uh, I'm an enabler. Me, Whatever your vice is, I oh will. dude, I'm I'm the same. If we're two were. we're two peas in a pod. If someone's <laughs> doing something bad, I'm around it. Uh, I um. Met Dave Brooks at the comedy club. Yeah, it was good to have him on. He uh, he's like, "Hey, you a jiu-jitsu guy?" And I'm like, "I knew who, we both have fucked up ears." And I'm like, "Oh, you probably jiu-jitsu guy." Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. "Just get a bit close to this, by the way." I'm like, "You, you doing? Can, you can pull it over to you if you." If I asked him if he was doing comedy. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've signed up." I'm like, "Sweet, yeah, man, we'll see you get up." And then I kind of lost track of him for a bit. And I just got a text from him saying, "Oh, look, I'm a bit underprepared." I'll see you next week. Oh, okay. And I thought, I'm like, damn, this guy's a black belt. He's been doing jiu-jitsu forever, but today he just, you know. A different beast, but. For definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've had a cold during the week as well. I okay. just, should, I just should point that out. Brother, I, you know what I mean? 
I risk having children all the time. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm not. One, I'm not a man <laughs> who's risk averse. I'll, cu- I'm gonna, I'm, I'll cut that little bit out. Um, so he, so he, um, he sent you a text. He said that he's not gonna. He'll see you. He's next not week. gonna get up. Yeah. And he popped in next week. Did you see it? Yeah. Well, he fucking bounced back. Now he's. I guess you know some people they just never do it. Yeah. Some people do it once. Yeah. The good thing about him is like he proactively seeks advice and you can tell that that's like somebody who's trained in a discipline and is like how the fuck do i get better at doing something yeah and he's just not afraid to ask so he's like fuck what do i do because and i think like the interesting thing is like and you'll probably notice this with jujitsu or anything that you've done is people ask you for advice hoping that you will tell them what they think they should do okay so and then they and then if it doesn't coincide with what they want to do then they just don't take that advice does that make sense interesting yeah okay I, I'm, I don't think I've encountered this as much okay so for instance like in like in comedy people yes. have asked me for advice what okay. should I do and I'm like all right dude it's too wordy you need to get yes. like what's the joke that we're doing yes, here let's yes. get to the joke and then they're like oh yeah but I just think it, it, it's better if I tell the whole story of how all this and I'm like it's too there's too much fat there yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. one needs to know that it was a Wednesday afternoon that you'd had a nap you woke up you were a little bit drowsy, so then you had a cough. Like, no one needs to know that part. That is all irrelevant information. But the good thing about Dave is if you tell him something, he's like, oh, yeah, I see that, and I can see why that would work. Mm. And then he takes that information, and then he goes and he applies it to his act, which is why within three weeks he made it like a little bit of a jump in terms of his stage presence and just how comfortable he was delivering his material. So... Yeah, it was good. Good to have him on. Good to hear a little bit of his story about BJJ. But I want to talk about your BJJ experience. Yeah. Bruh, talk me through it because I know a little bit. So you wanted to learn ninjutsu when you were younger? Oh, my God. So I I went to Gorakan High. Okay. On the Central Coast. Yeah. Like 12 onwards, we moved up here from Sydney. And uh, I saw this fight between two football players. And before this... I was at an Indian fair. So what an Indian fair is, a bunch of Indians get together yep. on like a big, like a, like a, like a grounds. Okay. Know? And we just do Indian shit. You Indian know? shit. We put get a stage, we do some Indian dancing. Listen there's to a bit of the Punjabi MC. Yeah, there's some Indian shit for Indian kids, and Indian food. All things Indian we do at these Indian fairs. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very secretive, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if a white guy walked in, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 buddy. No, you take your story walking. Not today. That's the sound bite for the... <laughs> you doing that. Um, I was maybe five. Now, this is a very early memory, so... I'm just going with what I remember. And I am I might have been holding my, my uncle's hand or I'm accompanied by my uncle and another Indian dude. And I turn a corner, we're going towards the toilets, and I just see one dude, like on mount, on top of another dude, just wailing on him. At the Indian fair? At the Indian fair. This is by the toilet, on concrete. Indian on Indian? This is Indian on Indian crime. Was this a cast? Rivalry? No, no. They, were, they were family. Oh, okay. I can't get too much into that. Okay, you know them. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly, I don't know how many Indian I thought it was like, I, I don't know, probably one. <laughs> Although there is a few downloads um, in India, so, so I, shout I, out. I have to be careful. You know? Okay. But anyway, this guy was just fucking smashing him. Yeah. And nobody was breaking it up. But my uncle jumped in and kind of whatever. 
But irrespective, that was my first kind of encounter to, um, I guess, like mutual mutual combat or just bare knuckle fighting, unarmed fighting. Yeah. You know? Or even maybe even real violence. I don't know if I'd seen too much like violence live in person until then. And it's quite a confronting thing. Yeah. Um, just remember there was a lot of fucking blood. So I thought that's how a fight is. One guy just fucks up another guy. Yeah. What happened to me at school when I was, now many years later, I think I was 14, 15, is I saw two very evenly matched people. I saw two football players get into a punch on, both pretty strong athletic dudes. So obviously when we say fight, it 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 could mean many things, right? But when two people are unmatched, Versus when two people are both very dangerous to to one another, it's a very different thing. And what I saw there was like an athletic contest. These people were hurling their fists at each other like maces, and they had a physical capability that I did not possess. They were fast twitch enough; they could move, they could have enough explosiveness and kinetic energy in in ways that I didn't. I couldn't move. I didn't play any sports. I had no athletic background. It was kind of a small dweeby kid yeah so i immediately recognized that there was a problem because i'm like i am totally unprepared for that situation or someone who knows they don't even necessarily know how to punch but they were just strong athletic strong athletic cunts who really have the they, they had real potential to hurt each other so i was like fuck this is not a new problem this is a very old problem you know dudes beating up dudes so I was like, going on for thousands of going years. Going on forever. Age old. So there's got to be, when there's a common problem, there's common solutions. You know? Everyone, you tell you, there's a cold, you fucking take it, whatever. Nurofen yeah. or whatever the fuck Yeah, shelve some cold and flu tablets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, basically, I'm going to have to learn how to fight. So learn a martial art. Yeah. And I like, YouTube top 10 deadliest martial arts. Was it any like McDojo shit that was it going was on? It was all McDojo shit. <laughs> But at that point, I have no idea how to different. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, and so yeah, many you're 14, people fall you got for no it. Idea, yeah. Well, adults fall for McDojo shit. Mm. People make a lot of money. Like, I'm in this industry. I'm in the martial arts coaching industry, and there's people who, um, a lot of these karate schools, kung fu schools, they market themselves on uh, giving you a skill set. Of you, you will be able to learn realistic techniques and have a have better odds at defending yourself, but they do they don't fulfill that whatsoever. I think, or at least do a much poorer job when compared to wrestling, jujitsu, judo, boxing, kickboxing. You know, yeah, the staple arts that make up mixed martial arts. So. I've kind of lost in the. So so you go- you googled it and you realized that fuck I'm going to need to learn how to how to fight here. And what was number one number on the one top ten? Was ninjutsu? Yeah. Okay. Which is a makadojo, but I don't know. Yeah. So I call up a school in Gosford, which is thirty minutes away, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you want to learn? Cool. Um, how old are you?" I'm like, "I'm 14." So they're like, "Oh, this is too deadly for a 14 year old to learn." <laughs> That's what they told me. They're yeah. Like, this is and that shit just got me even more wanting to learn it. You yeah. Know? Which is kind of a tip for kids for parents who want to get their kids into martial arts. Instead of forcing your kid to to do martial arts, you train, 
And when it, whenever you ask any questions, oh, dad, what's that thing? What's that? Is that a gear? Uh, it's not for you. This is for adults. Oh, because it'll make them want to do It's reverse psychology. Yeah, it's like when your parents like, just don't look in the cupboard. Because like, yeah. that's where Christmas presents are stashed well, or something. And then you're like, as soon as they're out of the house, you go look at It's a cool it. thing dad does. Yeah. Dad wants to get dad. dad that's, why, that's why kids get fucking drunk and shit. They want to do adult shit. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So I would, that's, I mean, it, it's it's tricky because you kind of end up sharing, um, you, you'd, it'd, it'd be, you have to kind of stick to that. And be really strategic. So anyway, so I'm when was your again. so when was your first when was it like so you've called this place like it's too dangerous, but with whether like we've got an alternative, you can. Do There's Brazilian no alternative, basically. So how did you find a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym? Well, I didn't do Brazilian jiu-jitsu at that point. What did you start? Well, I had a bullying incident. Okay. I used to wear a turban to school. Okay. And a kid, um, he he pulled my turban off. Yeah. That well, was a pretty confronting thing for me. Yeah. And so uh, you're you're Sikh, is it? I, I'm Sikh. Sikh. Yeah. So I wore a turban every day of, of high school and, a, a, some of primary school. Yeah. Okay. And that has very deep significance. They don't cut their hair, right? We did, I didn't cut my hair to, for a very long time. Yeah. So, um, even for a while, if someone had brought that incident up to me, even after much time had passed, I would get teary eyed and my lips would like tremble. I was like, I didn't want to even admit it had happened or talk about it or anything. And the and the part of me was I I, f- I felt pretty like I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I was like fuck this. You know that's all I want. I just want a revenge. Yeah, Mike, the the old Sikh, like Punjabi culture. There's a bit. So there's this bit of the idea of honor and they're, taking revenge. They're warrior class. Of, the warrior class. You yeah. know, I'm like I could fucking go punk by this. Guess what I felt like. Yeah. Um. And I'm on a bus. I caught the bus to school. And uh, there's that roundabout near Lake Haven Shopping Center, now where the Bunnings is. I know where you're talking about. And there's this big banner. The banner said, cage fighting. It said, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, uh, MMA. And I was like, well, I'll do this pussy MMA shit <laughs> until I'm ready for ninjutsu. You yeah. know, that was my thinking. Right. So I walked into that place and I, I often say, I'm like, that was maybe the best decision I made in my life. Yeah, okay. Just walk into that place. Just because it, like, oh, like, it taught you discipline? Why? It opened the door to so many incredible experiences that I would go on to have later as a result. Yeah. Even me doing comedy is partly, me even being here is related to that. Yeah. Because other than confidence and stuff, it, it, it A, forced me to deal with something, uh, a skill set that I wasn't immediately good at. I didn't have a knack for. Yeah. But I learned that through consistency, through persistence, and just working hard, all those cliches, that progress is, is almost inevitable. Just, just like people say... Uh, like failure isn't durable. It's very tough to fail forever. That's like the flip side of this. Yeah. It's very hard to be shit forever. It's very hard not to get good provided you're doing what it takes to get good. Yeah, if you're doing all the right shit. If you're making the same mistakes over and over again, you're just a fucking idiot, really. <laughs> and that's what it comes down That That's what blocks the tree of skill progression. If, you're, if, you're word, if your jokes are consistently too wordy, 
if the words don't serve any purpose in, in terms of being a punchline or, or being the necessary to set up the next punchline, then it's just space. It's just filler. It's It's got no... It's similar to people in martial arts moving for no reason. Yeah, okay. It's like because they're wasting energy and shit. It's it's what's what you every movement costs you something. It costs you effort, like energy, cardio, whatever. Yeah. So if it doesn't serve a purpose, why are you doing it? Yeah. Okay. Unless there's some very you know, strategic thing. That's like new guys will just do shit for no reason. I, I I played chess the other day with a guy who's good at chess, and I'm I just basically know how the pieces move. That's it. Yeah, I'm no fuck all about chess. Bro. And in all these situations, I had no idea what to do, so I would just do a random thing. Yeah. So that's what people do often. That's, and that's not a bad way to learn. That's trial and error. Because you do a random thing, provided you can retain the data of yeah. what was the result of action, action B. Okay, B was unsuccessful. Okay, well, then don't repeat B. A was successful. Okay, well, let's try to r- replicate action A. So provided you can do that, then you're going to make progress. Yeah. So you, ha- so <clears throat> you walk in there, what was your first day like? I got matched up with this chick. I think she was Indian. Dude, Loki, that's like, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, bro, you got to do jujitsu. Yeah. And like, I can't cross my legs. Like one, yeah. my left hip is just full gimp and just goes like yeah, right yeah. angle. <laughs> and like, but this wasn't a jujitsu class. Oh, was it like striking This or was something? like, a, this was so... His structure was kind of random. Yeah, okay. But often we would just hit pads. Yeah. And that'll play into why I, I got into jiu-jitsu more. Yeah. Because immediately it was like, his this guy had a karate background. His name was Matt Travers. He ran a gym as well as a fight show. Okay. They actually had Jamie Malaki on way before he was in the UFC or anything. Yeah, sick. So I found back in the when, we, when they were cleaning up the gym. Jamie Malarkey's like fight entrance application form. Yeah. Of cool. way back in the days. It's like it's something, you know, like he's had like it's like his first amateur fight or something. Yeah, cool. So I had that P I gave it to Jamie. Like years later. I don't I don't think even I don't think even when I gave Jamie, he still hadn't made the UFC at that point. Yeah. And I was like, Oh look, Jamie, this thing I was like, Oh my god, this is sick. Cause getting to the UFC, it might be a decades long like over a decade long journey. Yeah. You know? So for him to be able to look back on it and whatnot. Anyway, I'm going to take a lot of tangents, so I'm going to need you to bring <laughs> me back off. And, but yeah, I walked in. There was this girl, and uh, Matt Travers had a... I don't know enough about striking to kind of um, critique his coaching style and whatnot, but it was basically just hip pads, and I, I, I he didn't give me very much technical instruction. Yeah, okay. It wasn't... He, gave, he explained to me 16 details on the first time of the punch starts here, and I want rotation, and I want your elbow to stay tight. It was just... Basically hit the pad. Yeah. And I remember I, I, I never punched and I kind of started hitting the pads and the chick started laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And Matt saw that and he came back and he, he chastised her. He was like, hey, don't you laugh. You remember how you were on your first day. Yeah. Oh, good that he pulled her up. He kind of pulled her up. And I, I don't I – th- I remember we did some um, conditioning where I had to put a pad on my stomach and stare at the wall. Stare at the stare at the at the roof. And there was like real bright, huge neon lights because it's like a industrial space. So yeah. It's lighting up a huge space. And this bitch just started doing hammer fists and and he would call. So thirty seconds at a time for the for the person on top, it was a conditioning exercise, just smash you. 
And for the guy on the bottom, it was just getting used to taking impact. Yeah. And I did that. And I Is was that like, one of those Fairtex belly pads? Not even a belly pad. It was it was like a kick shield. Okay. Um, and it was just, I was, that shit was horrific for me. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like, my, he, he was speaking to mom about membership options. He's like, yeah, it's this much if you train once a week. This much if you train more than once a once a week. I'm like, mom, I'm never gonna do this. Yeah, I'm never more than once back. a week. You know, I was like, maybe if I, if I have a week to get over that, you know, yeah, it's doable. But um, yeah, so I just started rocking up, and just once a week, every Monday I'd go. Because there was a chick from Cadets too as well who um, who was doing she was a, a bit. But she she left Cadets and Cadets was fucking dumb. I did Cadets. Just march around, do nothing fucking. <laughs> bro, cadets is the gayest shit ever, bro. <laughs> I swear to God. I, they, some of those kids might literally be getting fucked. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. They should look into that. Yeah, absolutely. They fucking have Yeah, if you're, if you're a cadet instructor <laughs> and your kid's not in the cadets, something's going on, bro. <laughs> uh, something's definitely going on. I shouldn't say on. that. I, shouldn't. I had a good time with the cadets. They were real accepting of me because they wore a turban and they wanted to make a show of... Yeah, look how multicultural yeah, we are. Yeah, we got a guy here me. with a turban. They got me a special green turban to wear. Oh, did they? I was like, that's inclusive <laughs> as fuck if they did that. They were pretty inclusive. Yeah. Because okay. it was a big deal for them to have a guy with a turban. Yeah. I knew it. You were... Because uh, I didn't have to... I didn't wear their hat. I never wore the fucking... Yeah. You know the Anzac hat? Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right, six. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. So I, I ended up slowly, slowly. It got to a point where I began to train more and more and more. Where at some point there was a a gi jujitsu instructor that started teaching there also, and even before then. My first introdu- introduction to what jiu-jitsu was, was basically we would do a lot of drills where you do a combination of punches, so someone calls that jab, cross, hook, right, kick, and then you do some sprawls, and then this goes on for three minutes, and then there's a short break. Yeah. So it's basically like high-intensity interval training. Yeah. Three minutes on, one minute off type shit. And for, for a complete non-athlete like me, who just not used to physical exertion, I would just try to do bare minimum and survive and not really exert myself. And, you know, like I would not really push and do the best. And one day he goes, all right, guys, come over here. And he gets a guy to lie down. And he goes cross-body, side control on him. So he's basically lying on him chest to chest and they're making like a L shape. And he, he grabs the guy's wrist, bends his elbow up like a chicken wing. And he taught an Americana. Yeah, okay. A shoulder lock submission. Yeah. And he's like, so you kind of just grab like here and you grab here and you bring the elbow in and you do this and the guy's arm breaks. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? I didn't know you could do this. Yeah. You could just break dudes. I don't have to jump up and down and throw 16 punches and do fucking, you know, yeah. burn 3,000 calories. I just lay on this cut I just and break his arm. dude and break his arm. Yeah. And I was like thinking of the... The difference in energy expenditure to fuck up a dude with striking versus to fuck up a dude. And also, I just wasn't capable of that. Like that. Especially at that time. Yeah. 
just to have the power to hit someone hard enough. Yeah, and just fold it. Especially my weight. Yeah, uh, you know, I was probably maybe 60 kegs, 65 kegs in. Yeah. And I'm like, I can basically get most people just in this position. And even with a, uh, much of a size and strength disparity, I can I can fucking destroy them. Yeah. And that was a real... It started to kind of shift me. And then I had like a weird dream once where I was fighting this big, uh, like a behemoth type character. Okay. This thing was huge. David and Goliath here. Yeah. And I was punching and kicking it a lot. And nothing would happen. And then I ended up somehow getting it to the ground and I got around to its back and I strangled it. Yeah. Okay. And then I woke up and I was like, mm, maybe I should. It's like a sign to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And that was your yeah. first wet dream? <laughs> I woke up Cum was all over the place I, ha- I had a few things like that I had a One time well, My first time doing an edible I heard a voice That told me to pursue jujitsu and shit Oh really? Yeah well, Not that I believe in any sort of weird It was God Who knows I don't, I don't, I'm a very Like a rational skeptical type Some, person Someone came Someone came through And, and spoke to you And was just like Pursue jujitsu But I Lay on me I, I was listening to a lot of Rogan I listened to a lot of Rogan Very early in my life and his whole thing was like, you got to fucking escape the fucking rat race. Your career can't be, you you, you can't hate your job. Yeah. You'll hate your life. And I kind of saw that with my parents. My parents worked extremely hard. They were Indian immigrants. Dad came here with nothing. He fucking. What did they do for work? He, or what did they do? He just had a bunch of convenience stores over time. Yeah. He did everything. Factory work, tax cab driver, 10 years. At some point he got into grocery stores. Yeah, okay. And that was just his thing. And it ended up being a huge thing, not just for him, but he got his a whole extended family into it. Yeah, cool. And um, that really changed the quality of everyone's lives. Yeah. Because when you're working for yourself, there's no ceiling on how much you can earn. Yeah. And all of that money is coming home. You're not taking like a share of the profits. You're The, the profits are yours. Yeah. Um, he just figured it out kind of. It's pretty commendable. Like I was talking to Cass about this earlier that a lot of people, like this sounds bad, but I think a lot of people fall into the trap of being told like to go to uni, get a job, get a girlfriend, marry her, have a baby, Mm. pursue your career, provide for the kid. Yeah. But then like so many people get to a point where they're like, I'm doing a job that I fucking hate, Mm. but I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. And I can't go and pursue my dreams because that leaves food off the table. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in that trap. But like on the flip side, they've got they've got the family and they're like, well, if I get to see my kid be happy <laughs> and my wife be happy, yeah, then yeah. then I I get some satisfaction. And that is from commendable. That. Yeah. It's very important that we raise good children. Absolutely. Like, dude, my dad, like, I remember, like, my dad worked his ass off as salesman. He's done, he's done heaps of jobs. And I remember he bought a temporary fencing business maybe in, like, his late 40s or maybe 50s. And he'd get up every morning at, like, 4.30 to be at a factory at 5 to load a truck wow. up and then go and put all the temporary fencing up mm. around building sites. Because this was around the time where they made it um, – mandatory for you to have fences around um building sites and he was he was working as a sales rep and he was just like he just saw that there was an opportunity he's like if i own the fences that are going on these sites there's no there's no limit to how much money i can make wow but i have to i have to put the fences up so he had to go and fucking 
cart these fences. And for fucking ages, man, he did that. And you can tell he fucking hated doing that job, but he's like, I'm making enough money. Cause like his mindset was like, I'm going to retire in, you know, wow. 10 years. I can sell this business. I can get ahead to where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. We never went without like food or anything like that. And he's fucking commendable, dude. Like at, at when he was my age, had like a, had a house or two houses, two cars. Mum didn't have to work. Mm. She just raised kids until we went to high school. And he's like, "All right, you know, go find a job where you can work a few days a week." And that's pretty and natural chill. way of being brought up, like always having your mum around you available. Yeah, I but I, and I also feel like it, it was around that kind of generational thing as well. Because I was chatting to my dad about this the other day. Women didn't work. And yeah, and he was just like, man, like I bought my first house. My first house that he bought cost double his um, his wa- salary. Annual, yeah, salary. annual salary. Okay, that's fucking so good. And I was just like, bro. And Imagine I was just that. like, if I'm like if I bought a ha- like for me to buy a house now, it's like ten times my salary. Wow. At the at the minimum. And I was just like, we're fucked to is try that, to get a is house. That, is that true? Is that, was that a special circumstance or was that the, the norm back then? That was the norm back then. That's why all that's these, insane. that's why these, that's why these cunts all had like four or five houses. Dude, it was so, it's so common for like, especially people that I knew and stuff growing up, that they had a house in Canberra and then they had a coast house. They had a holiday house. So for like six weeks over the summer, they just go and live at a house. And then for the rest of the year, that house is unoccupied. My grandparents and great-grandparents had a lot of land in what is now Pakistan, but was back then colonial, a colony of India. Yeah. A colony of Britain, which was, India was a, like a, a English colony. So it was just the British Empire. And then there, in 1947, there was what they call the partition of India. So India was divided up into India and Pakistan. Yeah, okay. And then they drew like these lines, basically through the Punjab, which is like a border state. Okay. And that was the Sikh homeland. Yeah, right. So Pakistan was to be the the land of the Muslims, and the Hindus were the prominent, predominant religion, which is very hard to define Hinduism even as a religion. Hinduism is kind of many different gods and almost like a. Uh, animal and nature worshipping. Yeah, that like that's the one with like the, the elephant shit, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. so white, dude. <laughs> that's the elephant god, right? That's right. So all the colourful yeah. depictions of deities with many arms and hands. Yeah, and yeah. Heads and do very you, interesting. Ma- do you reckon mushrooms had something to do with it? Like, or just tripping? Rogan says that. But anyway, these people, they in 47, when they declared the different areas, if you were on the wrong side, let's say... I declare Newcastle is now uh, Christian land. Yeah. And it's Catholic land and, I don't know, Central Coast is Protestant or whatever. Yeah. Everyone was fleeing in caravans, basically taking whatever they have to get to the right side. Fuck. And if you were left on the wrong side, you would get butchered. You'd get cut to death within shit and, like, murdered, brutally murdered. Not by government entities. Well, maybe they were involved, but I think the government wasn't really involved because it was... The British and the British weren't killing people for, they were they didn't they weren't they weren't in, into the whole sectarian thing from what I understand. It was just neighbors, people who knew each other. Yeah. So it's like yesterday we kind of mates and we kind of put up with each other, and then now we're just killing your neighbors and just taking their shit. So what we did was we came to India 
We took a Muslim family shit. We took all the, the house. Your grandparents did? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they took... Well, it was, it was not so much they took, but the government kind of allocated based on your land on the other side. So it's trying to resettle everyone and do things. Okay. But a million people got butchered to death. That's fucking wild, dude. They filled up... Even in my my uh, grandparents' village, they filled up a well because the, the wells would dry up. Some would be dry wells, very deep. Yeah. They fill up wells with bodies <sighs> of... Of like Muslims and shit. I don't know how it relates to your story with the houses and your dad. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't bodying anyone to get them houses, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that's fucking that's wild, man. Now we never heard any of I've never learnt any of that that the kind of mm. history of even that part of the world. Even like even with Australian history, yeah. It was very glossed over from what we learnt. Which right. is like Captain Cook arrived in this year and he yeah, rocked yeah. up and was like, hey, everyone. And anyway, then World War Two happened. And uh, yeah, now remember the Anzacs, bro. <laughs> here you are. And it's just like, uh, what the fuck? And then, you, and yeah. then later as it goes, you find out why Indigenous people hate Australia Day and, why they were, and then you find out about all the genocide and all the bad stuff and how they were treated as flora and fauna. Like they weren't yeah, even yeah. treated as people. And it's just, yeah, it's fucking I empty. had a young lady come over recently. And uh, we were just talking about stuff. About just for history, just history yeah, chats. Well, we was, that's not, well, that wasn't the purpose of our visit, but it came up, you know. And uh, she, uh, I was talking about something. She, she kind of had no idea, because I was watching Netflix, that's right, I was watching Netflix, All is Quiet on the Western Front, or All Quiet on the Western Front. There was some trending okay. film. Haven't heard of it. Do you recommend? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah not bad. Who am I to fucking talk shit about a major movie? You know? Yeah, okay. And uh, I told her about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, World War One, whatever. And I kind of asked her, I'm like, yeah, you don't know much? She's like, no. Nah. I'm like, hang on. Name the main countries involved. And she didn't know the main countries involved. And I was like, look, you need to stop, and we need to watch a documentary. Yeah. Because... We need to learn here. 20 million cunts are dead. Yeah, this is... You need to fucking know. <laughs> You're going to get some dick and some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you need to tell me... Fucking Germany and England. You I don't give a fuck. You, how can you not know? You prepare to test afterwards. How the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? How do you not know the major countries in World War One and World War Two? I think it's just... Come on. Get she, a grip. She probably was taught. Maybe, probably I'm, just maybe kind of, I'm being too probably strong just, here Probably now. just forgot. Now I'm reflecting on if people are going to listen to this. think I'm a uh, cunt. No, nah, I don't think people think uh. you're a cunt. Um... All right, so, <laughs> so yeah. fuck that bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so a little bit more about the fucking about the jits because you're a gypsy, and I say this with love. Like you're a, you've dedicated yourself to jujitsu, learning jujitsu, and you've. When I spoke to you about it before, you like I just want to travel and learn from as many different people as possible. Like how old were you when you just got this idea where you're just like, I can't just stay in one gym and learn from fucking old mate Steve? I... And, just sorry to cut you off, it has had some negative impacts in terms of your belt, like, upgrades, yeah, yeah. right? Well, I, I'd i never... It's not a, it's not a very uh, feasible career choice. Say I'm gonna do jiu-jitsu and make money competing or even coaching training. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of gonna follow a. I'm in a weird spot where I'm very in the Indian culture, 
but I'm also in the Aussie culture and I'm neither. I'm kind of a hybrid. And I can kind of pick and choose the the best and the worst of either. Yeah. Can I ask I, can I ask a quick random question? Mm. One of my brother's mates is is Sri Lankan. Most Australian sounded bloke, but then when he talks to his parents, he charms up with the with like a Sri Lankan accent. Interesting. Is any of that happening at your house, or when you I go never to? Sp- uh, well, never speak English with my parents. Yeah. Oh, always Punjab. Always Punjabi. Yeah. yeah. With my mother, it, it would even make her embarrassed because her English is uh, is good. Yeah. But then I sometimes can't help correcting her, and then that makes her embarrassed. Okay. And my brain just completely derailed. So whenever someone learns a new language, they always want to learn like the naughty words. Is there a Punjabi equivalent for like Sikh cunt? Sikh cunt. Not to be confused with Sikh cunt. <laughs> um, Dude, if you ever start a podcast, you should be called, called Sikh cunt. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them, check out this absolute Sikh cunt. We're all over the shop. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, things, these things happen. Two point six. Two point six standard drinks. I'm trying to think. Should I smash another beer or? You can, mate, beer? whatever. The world's your oyster. I've also got two. He's new. If you want something that's not as strong, I've got a good Australian lager. We've got some Buffalo Trace here. I've got Ardberg, uh, ten year age Scotch whiskey. So that's a really kind of smoky whiskey. I'm not really manly enough to drink <laughs> either of these. I met. I have to have it with a mixer. The Ardberg. I've. This is any any whiskey listeners. I block your ears. Fast forward fifteen <sighs> seconds. I first bought that on fucking St. Paddy's Day because I'm like gonna have a good whiskey. Spent a lot of money on it. Took a sip, bro, and I was like, "This." How much is did you spend for that? Maybe a hundred and twenty bucks. Oh, well, then we're drinking it for sure. And it literally tastes like gasoline to me, bro. And That's then I was like, and, and then I was like, maybe I could put like Coke in there, <laughs> mix it with some. Coke, and it was too much, bro. I was just like, "This is still just disgusting." It smells nice. Poor, have a little sit. I met um, talk something that don't I was, go too hectic. In case I was you at, don't the, like at it. the Jets, you know, Jets Fitness. No, Central Coast. Yeah, maybe it's a Central Coast thing. It's like a, it's like a anytime. It's like fitness. a franchise thing. Yeah, okay, anytime fitness, basically. Well, if you don't like it, you got to drink it all now, oh, dude. That's what I'm telling you. It smells like terps. The um. Buffalo Trace is slightly less he- hectic. I was going to advise that if you... And there was a really jacked Indian dude in there. Yeah, nice. This guy was fucking built like a brick shit house. I think he was doing tricep, something on the tricep. Pull downs. And I was talking to my cousin. I was in there with my cousin, older cousin, you know. And he'll factor into the jiu-jitsu story because when I started doing jiu-jitsu, he didn't believe it was real. Ah, he thought, right. was he thought there was some McDojo going he on. Thought he was a rubbish. He's like, they're just taking your fucking money. He said that to me because they're just taking your money. And this Indian guy ended up kind of getting to know him, and befriending him. He had a restaurant in Charmhaven. And he used to wrestle in India. Oh, sick, dude. He wrestled in the pits. Yeah. It's a very hardcore thing. Like yeah, dude. I've, pits. I've seen those things. They're fucking wild. And he, I started going to the gym with him. He would pick me up and stuff and got to know my parents and family. And then he would say things to me that, especially at that age, it was, it was very influential. And one of the things he says to me, I still remember, he said to me, Bobby, because there's many lawyers, there's many business people, there's many doctors, there's only one champion. Yeah, nice. 
And that shit would put, would put like chills down my spine when yeah. he would he- say this sort of shit. And he would basically start saying to me, because I started training a lot more and whatever, but I was just focused on, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll go to uni, because we'll, all the Indian kids go to uni. Yeah, disappointment if you don't go to... Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I will just pick, you know, and then I was... I was unsure. I was something like I was. Like, I'm gonna go to Adfa or do something in the army. Or I had all sorts of fucking ideas about what I was gonna do. It changed a lot as well. Yeah. And then I started like, having this idea form of like, oh man, maybe somehow I could, I could do jujitsu. You know, because Rogan would have all sorts of random cunts on making a living doing all sorts of weird shit. You yeah. Know? You'd have a vegan runner who played fucking rock bands on you know and listen to that kind of talk for fucking yeah. three hours and stuff and then craig jones won a few matches in 2017 at adcc i think it was in finland and he didn't medal but there was a guy training in australia who put away some world-class guys and didn't look usually it was like the guy's who win the Australian trials to go was compete? It Lachlan Giles. No, so Lachlan Giles back then wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't a figure. Okay. Um. So he wasn't. He was. He was there as as just Craig's coach. Okay. And I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa, okay." So. I c- I can, train in Australia, and still be- get pretty good. I can get. Potentially competitive at the world world level because this guy is and that's what he's doing. So I was like, okay, I've basically got to find seek this guy out and figure out what he's doing and how he's done it. This is Craig Jones. Craig Jones. Yeah. So they they were over in Melbourne, and as I'd gotten older, so I started MMA around fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen was supposed to be my HSC years. I just spent training a lot. So I started, my parents basically, um, they, they'd given me a car and we had a service station. So I didn't have to worry about fuel and shit. Oh, dude. Yeah, r- right now would be a Right thing. now, I've got a fuel car, dude. And I think that that's <laughs> what my missus finds most attractive about me, to be completely honest. Ah, <laughs> I just, I could go wherever I wanted. And even at 16, nine months, I had a motorbike. And the day I got a mo- my license, the first thing I did was go to a gym in Sydney, like three hours away. Yeah. And I just realized, it just made sense to me. Cause that's where my coach would go. So my coach was a purple belt at the time. Yeah. Chris. And he had classes maybe three days a week. And very soon I realized that if I just started training six times a week, I would start fucking up the guys who were training three times a week. Yeah. And then when I started training twice a day, I would start fucking up the guys who were training seven times a day. Yeah. Seven times a week. Seven times a week. Yeah, I'm with you. So it was just a real easy kind of way and it was like the only thing I kind of just randomly got kind of good at this one thing and when you're when you develop skill in a, in a in a thing and you start to have some mastery people give you you're commended for it and then you start to feel special in a particular environment and then you kind of chase that yeah and I didn't have much nothing else much uh, appeal to me of my options I did a semester of of uni, but I put almost no effort into that. Yeah. What were you studying? Business. Yeah. But Sorry. I started working security around. Business. That's it. Yeah. I started working security in and around Newcastle. Okay. 
So did a lot of the venues in nightclubs here. That was pretty wild. The um, yeah, the, it's it's always funny when I see Indian security guards. Yeah, because like a lot of people stereotype, and they're like, "What's this cunt gonna do?" Also, a lot of them are shirt fillers. Yeah, I, I've worked security. A lot of Indian security guards are notoriously bad. Yeah. It's true. And then one time you get chirpy and you run into Bobby Sandu. Oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the luck of the draw. Sometimes. You wake up and you're asleep outside the nightclub. And you go, what happened, bro? <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, fucking sick. So how long? All right. So how long did it take you to go up in your in your belt? So white belt to blue belt. How many Three years? years? Blue belt to. Purple belt, is it? Mm-hmm. Is purple the next? Blue belt to purple belt. From 18, I was, so 18 I turned to, I became a blue belt. Uh, starting at 15. So 19, 20. I want to say 2020. So another two or three years. And Two y- years, maybe. Three so years. before you were talking about wanting to seek out training with Craig Jones, mm-hmm. how did you end up? Finding him. So I knew a guy called I, I there was tournaments being held regularly in Sydney. Yeah. And one person responsible for the tournaments was called Ben Hodgkinson. Okay. He ran a tournament called Grappling Industries and he trained with Craig and the guys in Melbourne. And I told him, Hey man, I want to come to Melbourne and he's like, Why? And I'm like, I wanna just train. Just train full time. I try train as much as I can, just for jitsu. And uh, he's like, Okay, well, what do you need? I was like, well, I just need a freaking job. And he's like, all right, what do you do? I was like, I have a security license. He's like, all right, get that turned into a Victorian security license so you can work in, work in Victoria. <coughs> Pardon me. And then I'll get you a job. So I was like, okay, fuck, now I have something. And then in the meantime, one of our family friends offered me some accommodation. But it was a bit far from the gym. So with a, a job and a, a, a place to stay, I just moved to Melbourne at 18. Yeah, cool. I was like, fuck you. I deferred for a bit. Yeah. Did you ever end up complete, completing your degree? No. No. Okay, no, cool. I never went back after Yeah, that sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, never interested me. It never did. You? Nah. I, because like, I, I, fuck, I got to year 10 mm. and I was just like, Studying school, just if it's something that I like, then I'm I will study my ass off, and I I love to put the effort in. <laughs> Dude, I told you that whiskey's fucking intense. Eh? Um, if it's something that I like, Whoa. then I, then I'm happy to do it. But <coughs> I went is hard right now. I went to a um I went to a religious school <laughs> as well. So learning about Jesus and his friends, you don't have to finish that shit. I know it's fu- it's too intense. Like I've given it to people and they love that. And I'm like, I don't know how you drink that. Wow. It tastes like petrol. Yeah. Yeah. I can smell it from here. And I'm like, <laughs> no, sir. Like that's, that's enough. Um, what you got to do, what you got to do. So yeah, I just, dude, I had no interest in it. And like, I feel bad now because my dad's like, why don't you start a trade? And I was like, I don't really want to do a trade. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, honestly, I just wanted to be a comedic actor. Wow. I was just like, I think Will Ferrell's the funniest cunt. I just want to do what he's it's doing. Will Ferrell. Um, fuck, you know, uh, stepbrothers like Will Ferrell, Anchorman. Anchorman. I must know him by face. Surely you know Is him. Is he... Oh. 
Is he Bobby, the guy, Bobby Lee in the... Uh, oh, Bobby Lee, fucking, in the, in the racing movie? Um, kind of? Yes. Yeah, here, I'll show you for Hilarious. Yeah, so, like, he was just a silly goose, and I was just like, man, if this guy can make a living being a, a silly goose, like, that's what I want to be. I just want to be a silly goose. Mm. And at the time, like, I was, I really enjoyed drama and stuff, so Dad's just like, all right, mate, well, you can keep going to school just if that's what you want to do. But low-key, I just wanted to be a, a school captain. Because <laughs> I, I thought that shit was sick. Uh, me too. Because like, like our school had eight different houses, so you could be like a wow. house captain, vice captain, or whatever. Ended up getting vice captain. Me too. Um, and basically the only reason I got it is because I gave a really funny speech. And I gave a funny speech. Only two people ran. I was vice captain. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we can't give it to the guy who just fucking made everyone laugh with comedy. I was very arrogant. Well, yeah. That's, there's Will Ferrell there. Yeah, I knew. I knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, fucking will uh, So yeah like fucking And so I just instead of I This is how lazy I was at school They were like you can do tertiary or accredited I'm like what's the difference And they're like tertiary will help set you up To go to university you get an ATAR And I was like I've got no interest in doing Damn. Going to university And they're like we, or like you know accredited Like you're too smart to do accredited Like accredited's for the dumb dogs And I was like Curriculum wise What's the difference And they're like You'll write 5,000 words For an essay Or 500 words For an essay Whoa. And I'm like Sign me up for accredited baby Damn And so I just did accredited <laughs> Just was just like, <laughs> was like Fuck your ATAR uh, bro wow. Which as you. you As you get older You realise That you don't Really need an ATAR Like you can just do Bridging courses For fucking Whatever yeah. To kind of get into These courses and shit It's a fucking stitch up And um, Anyway well, I just want to do Do you think it has value though To pursue an ATAR I think it. I think it most certainly does. Like, if you're someone, who, if if at like fifteen, you're like, I want to be a physiotherapist, then yeah. you need to be, or if I want to be a pharmacist or a doctor or something, you need to have some credentials to get into university. So, yeah. I'm too much of a dumb dog to be like, nah, fucking don't do it, man. Like, <laughs> you'll end up like me, fucking smoking ciggies and fucking just being a dumb dog and asking <laughs> people for change and pushing people uh, around in beds for five years. <laughs> um, I can't remember why we got you on You pushed this. people around in beds? Yeah, well, I worked at a hospital for... Wow. Yeah. I, I was in hospital for three weeks. What for? What happened? I had knee surgery for bursitis in my knee. Ah, yeah. Bit of a cunt of a thing. Fucking cunt of a thing. And I got a staph in my knee. Oh, from jits? From the surgery. Oh, really? Probably partying like an animal yeah. after the surgery. Do you use like defense soap after jiu-jitsu? Well, I'm surprised you know defense soap. I do. I um, I'd, When I was a young man, just not tarping up, I'd have to get the defense soap on the bell end and just try to get off the herpes. Wow, I'm only joking. Ah! <laughs> no, I've heard. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard uh, of defense soap and and how it's good for um, stopping staph infection and shit like that. Dude, we're getting so sidetracked. So you meet Craig Jones. I didn't meet him. I met Ben Hodgkinson at that point, and I moved to Melbourne. And I remember my dad rang me. My dad was so against this whole thing. Yeah, I can imagine. He was like proud Indian man. Fuck you. Left the homeland. Struggled for years. <laughs> And they set up a pretty good life for me. They're like, just keep working in the shop and you have an easy life. But I didn't really, I don't want to. Yeah. And an easy, and lo- a lot of people, like, I'm sure being a, a fucking a servant is probably easy. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. What I'm saying is a lot of things are easy, but 
are they stimulating enough? They're are not they, fulfilling as well. Are they fulfilling? Yeah, that's yeah. a good word. But that was know? like me when I was working at the hospital. Like you'd have times when you're fulfilling, like you do CPR and save someone's life and wow. you're like, I'm a sick cunt. But then like other times you're just pushing people around and like that was like good for my brain because like I've got the little monkeys playing the syllables in my brain most of the day that yeah. are just <laughs> in my fucking in my head. So It's also what potential do you have yeah and then like when i was working there i was like i've got where do i go up so i go up and yeah. i be the cunt that answers the phone i go all right bobby go take this cunt here yeah. or then i get to the next level up where i just roster people that's on it. and then i answer calls and that's i'm like fuck, fuck this man like what am i gonna and like they paid well mm. but i was like i don't want to live in canberra for my whole fucking life and then just get fucking wetted down and have kids and do that shit which is just, I'm so glad I found comedy, man. Because for me, like, comedy was the bridge between loving um, comedic acting but hating normal acting, like, hating the theory of it and hating, like, when yeah. they're, like, play a serious guy whose fucking mum's dying on a hospital bed. And I'm yeah. like, I don't fucking want to do that shit. That's yeah, fucking, yeah. that's lame. So then when I found comedy, I was like, Bro, this is the best of both worlds. It's stage performance, but I can be a fucking degenerate. You fucked around with David Gardner much? David Gardner. <coughs> I know the name, but I c- I'm struggling to put a face he to it. He runs an acting workshop. Oh, <laughs> no, dude, I've heard the stories. <laughs> I used to love that shit. Yeah. I used to go to David's house, do a little a few mushrooms. Oh, yeah? Get in on and rip that shit up. Yeah. Me and David used to go so hard. Uh, on the, in the yeah, acting in a non-sexual acting way yeah, yeah 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 dude like i don't know like i've got a cousin who's an actor and i can appreciate the art form and stuff but it, like for me i was like i don't want to go to school and study this shit mm. yeah and i was just like theater kids are a touch weird and sure. like i don't know like i know a lot oh. of my mates were like why are you doing drama you fucking queer and i'm like dude drama's funny as fuck and i was like come to one of my performances and then we'd always do f- like funny shit they're like oh that was yeah, that was funny. I can see why you did that, but I think they just thought it was all like serious. Like, mama, do not die, <laughs> do not die, mama. <laughs> I'm just gonna grab another beer, Bob. Go for. Can it. I get your top up? Give me another beer. Why not? Do you want a Tui's new, or do you want another one of these? What are you gonna slippery do? gypsies? What are you gonna do? I'll uh, I'll decide, and we'll be right back. Beers are flowing, and the boys are feeling good. The boys good. are feeling grouse. We're back. We're back. But, mate, I wanted to talk to you about some uh, current events that we have witnessed throughout the uh, mm. throughout the week. So, um, friendly Geordies, Jordan Shanks' house got firebombed. Mm. Did you see this? I did. Fucking hectic, eh? Very strange. A, uh, a comedian, kind of journalist. I don't know if he's a credentialed journalist. I don't watch too much of... Um, he's a journalist. He's a he's a credentialed journalist. Uh, fuck credential. He's a fucking journalist. He's a journalist. He's he's breaking news. But um, fucking hectic that that poor Terrifying. cunt's house got fucking firebombed for making YouTube videos, bro. In Australia. In Australia. In twenty twenty two. And then on 2023. top of, on top of, no, it's twenty twenty two. On top of that, like they put like the street that he lived on in Bondi, and I don't know if you heard, but like a week prior. His neighbor's house got firebombed. Question is, who did this? Wait, a week prior? Yeah. Do you want to see? Do you want me to play any of the YouTube videos yes. that I ha- that I have? Because I know seen? nothing about this. Okay. Even though I posted so, about es- it. So essentially, um, friendly Geordie has done a bunch of so. And this is I like like I said I don't watch too much of friendly Geordie. I 
I know who he is. I've never met him before. He seems like he's a a, a, a pretty solid dude. Some comedians who we know um, are friends with him, and they uh, they've spoken pretty kind of highly of him. And so he's made essentially like I think kind of the three. I think the the few things that have caused like him this kind of controversy is he's spoken out about money laundering for clubs in New South Wales, and how. All of these clubs are literally like, I, I think they don't have to disclose a certain amount of shit, but they're basically, there was like a whistleblower who he's done an interview with and this guy's disclosed how much money these cunts launder. He's then talked about the fixated persons unit um, for the New South Wales Police Force and how he and he, his producer got targeted for like anti-terrorism um, for making these videos and um, the, uh, the fucking... Uh, fixated persons unit. And then he spoke out about uh, a government official, John Barilaggio or some shit. A fucking scum. Yeah. So, um, obviously, I'm glossing over that a lot. But if you want to listen to Friendly Geordie, go give him a follow on YouTube. Send him some love. Um, corrupt motherfuckers. But, but basically, that's who you pretty much assume. And shout out to Geordie is just how he fucking handled like this interview is probably... This is post so he, firebombing. Yeah, he's just getting wow. back home, and uh, he, what a beast. He fi- he's a fucking beast. I want to see this. He finds out that his house has been firebombed. Wow! So this is how he handles the media. Well, obviously we don't know who did it. Uh, there's a long list of suspects. My mind was racing as to who it is. Obviously, we've done some extremely uh, dangerous reporting over the last year I suppose of a bunch of extremely powerful people and corporations there is many people that would want to do that I obviously can't say who I suspect it is but I do have like a short list in my head of who I think would have done it I would hope that the New South Wales uh, strike force that is supposedly set up for fixated people and terrorists would be looking into this instead of a comedian and his team for six months straight at the whim of a previous Premier that all of you defended for his last 10 years and then when he came out and even after all the New York stuff you're still sitting there defending him now. I saw all of your articles today where you all wrote all of the same little narrative that you write every time. I would hope that you would put just as much attention on the fact that that happened as you have on trying to assassinate my character over the last year. Thanks for your time. Did something happen here a week ago, Jordan? Someone someone has clearly just tried to kill Jordan. So his lawyer then steps in. Thanks. He's he's extremely upset. It's not something he can make a gag about, you know. And uh, as he said, the list of suspects is considerable. It makes one ponder. Uh, But also, to give him due, give him some credit for the work he's done uh, uh, for this extraordinary array of stories that he's brought against the most powerful people in New South Wales and some of its most powerful uh, corporations. And also, he's also facing jail uh, on a private criminal prosecution by clubs in New South Wales. This is out of control. This man is one of the best journalists in the state, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, he's got character faults that people like to uh, uh, point on, but no one has the record that he has for doing some hard-hitting journalism. And this is his payday. Someone's trying to kill him, 
and another corporation is trying to put him in jail. Uh, it's got to end, but all power to Jordan Shanks. What happened here last week? Second time it's the second time. It's the yeah. second time. What, what, what happened last week? week? There was an attempted... Uh, Excuse me one second, folks. Let's do this please, gentlemen. So then a police officer come and grabs grabs his lawyer and goes, Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I need to have a chat to this gentleman. Takes him away. And then the lawyer comes back and he's like, Oh, yeah, apparently the other firebombing that happened a week ago had nothing to do with this. And it's like, get, get fucked, cut. Like, how many firebombings are happening every week in Australia and two happen at next-door neighbours' cribs and they're like, oh, these are completely unrelated. Um, but what I love about that, so the Fixated Persons Unit and the anti-terrorism, like, harassed um, Friendly yeah. Geordie for ages and his producer. And then during the interview, he's just like, let's hope the New South Wales uh, police force, yeah. in particular... The uh, the fixated persons unit and the anti terrorism unit focuses like on these. Wow, fucking hectic! That's um, scary. On the on the topic of fires, there was a uh, a Texas woman who um, has uh, gone to her ex boyfriend's house and has uh, lit his uh, house on fire uh, because uh, she suspected him of cheating on her. So, um, what a crime. So, so what has happened is, uh, is that a good thing? Give him a medal. (laughs) Just on the, (laughs) well, he actually didn't even cheat on it. His, one of his relatives answered the phone and this bitch heard a relative answer. The phone had the biggest flip out because a female answered. So she went over there at 2am in the morning, broke into the house, stole a bunch of shit and then lit the house on fire She's got a bond of like $165,000, has caused over 50K worth of damage and has been charged with like breaking and entering burglary and arson. This bitch is 22, bruh. What's <laughs> like... Bloody hell, play this. Fucking stupid cunt. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck it. We'll, di- we'll dig this up. I don't know if this is an actual video, but I'm sure we could find it. Oh, there's... P- Dude, I just typed it into YouTube. There's, there's more people. There's more videos that what... Than what there should be of uh, of a woman burning a man's house down. Wow. Ah, fuck! What a fucking stitch up. Um. All right. You ready to go hard on some Sunday all right. roasting? All right. all right. Let's get into this then. Okay. The Sunday roast. Bobby, every week we roast a shit cunt. Okay. Just for being shit cunts. Sure, sure. And this week, uh, the television program called The Project is in my scope. And the reason they're in my scope (laughs) is that this week has been filled with the shock departures of Lisa Wilkinson, Carrie Bickmore and Peter Hellier from The Project, leaving all 12 viewers of this program shook, (laughs) whilst the rest of Australia was seemingly unfazed by these irrelevant members of society, uh... For quitting their jobs and uh, the other half is just kind of outraged that it wasn't Waleed Ali that got let go because uh. he is a fucking germ if I've ever seen him. <laughs> and I don't know, like, do you remember when the project was the 7pm project? I'm, I'm not very familiar. Okay, so basically it used to be like the 7pm project uh-huh. and it's like, we're the cool kids of the news and yes. they had like Dave Hughes, this guy called Charlie Pickering and then like the other host of fucking Australian Idol with Carrie Bickmore. And then all of a sudden, over the years, this show has just turned into like the most left-wing fucking ultimate PC fucking bit of news. 
And if you if you know anyone who watches the project, you have our permission to break into their house at two a.m., steal a bunch of their belongings, and then burn the house down, dude. Like wow. the fucking project has got to be the biggest fucking shit stain that's ever graced the fucking media in terms of news. Uh, they're a bunch of fucking shit cunts, and I reckon they can get fucked. Wow. How do you feel about the project, mate? I have I have little to no knowledge. I know that um, when I would watch The Simpsons, uh, The Simpsons would end and then the project would start and then I would stop watching because I'm... You just have to leave. I'm only about The Simpsons. Yeah, dude, The Simpsons was where it was at. Mm. And, uh, yeah, these cunts can just suck a dick, man. I think they can all kind of basically get fucked. And, uh, wow. Any free-to-air TV... You're not can- left? What are you... I've got no idea, bro. Every time it comes to election time, I just go in there. I vote I, for, I vote for whoever is trying to legalise weed, baby. Ooh, and then yeah. I draw a big dick on the other ballot paper ah. and say, you're all a bunch of shit cunts. I hope your house gets broken into at 2am and someone <laughs> burns it. But yeah, no, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I could not even tell you which political view that I have because every four years it's just like, you got to get down there, mate. Get your fucking ballot papers, fill them out, and get a sausage sizzle. And if you don't, you get fined, and it's un-Australian, mate. It's un-Australian. And then they get some shit cut in, right? And this guy's like, yeah, fucking, we're going to do all this, mate. These are the fucking Labor people, mate. Labor? Labor's fucked the country for the past four years, and it's time for the Liberals to take action. And then the Liberals get in, and they're like, oh, mate, fucking, these other cunts have fucked it up for the past four years. And then they all just lie. They all take Mm. our taxpayers' money. They're all corrupt. They're all a bunch of fucking... They were all the fucking kids that you didn't want to hang out with at school that got bullied and had no means to power... And they didn't know what they wanted to do. So then they got into politics and now they get to wave their fucking index (laughs) finger around and tell cunts what to do. And basically, if you are, like, studying to be a politician, jump off a bridge, you fucking (laughs) useless cunt. You can all go play in traffic as far as I'm concerned. Like, if you... (laughs) We should throw ex-fucking politicians into the fucking... Into the Catherine Gorge and let the (laughs) crocodiles eat them. They're a bunch of useless cunts. I fucking... I don't know. What's the the Catherine Gorge? It's It's a gorge up in the Northern Territory where there's heaps of crocodiles. Wow. Big salties. Wouldn't you love to just see Pauline Hanson human sacrificed into the Catherine Gorge? Yeah. When she Look, I don't want my house firebombed, so I don't stand by any of Yeah, this. no, we actually love and support all politicians. <laughs> uh, which party is in at the moment? It's the Labour, right? It's yeah, go Labour. La- go Labour. Go Red. Red team all Who day. Is it? Anthony Albanese? Is he the Prime Minister? Yeah, Albo. Yeah, great name. <laughs> you know what? Wait, Al- Albanese is actually... Banging some hot young broad, so of course he is. Good on him. There you he go. He should. He's the fucking king. We support you, Albo. He should bang a few young. Don't girls. firebomb my house, you dogs. <laughs> this is just an audio podcast. Free friendly, Geordie. Yeah, free friendly, Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fucking crazy. Yeah, fuck. I, I don't know. I can't that. put like I'm. I, I've got such ADD brain uh. that when it comes to anything that I don't like. Like I said, the monkey syllables just come out and it's just in my head. And I just can't, like, I literally can't focus on it. I'm like, oh, fuck this. This is just doing my head in. So, um, yeah, mate, they can get fucked. But I don't want to finish there. Mm. <laughs> because I remembered one thing that we we're going to talk about that we yeah. keep kind of getting distracted about. Uh, so Craig Jones is your, is your is your stepfather now. Yes. And... I, I'm a big Craig Jones fan. 
Beautiful. I think he's a funny cunt. He's hilarious. I think the fight that the world needs to see is him versus Gabby Garcia. Uh, We've for been sure. robbed for too long. We for need sure. we need to see this fight happen. Hundred percent. Um, but the great man is helping uh, in preparation mm. for the uh, upcoming title fight between uh, Alexander the Great Volkanovski and Islam the Ass Sniffer <laughs> for the lightweight title. And uh, you might be going over there and fucking well, I'm gonna showing to, him a bit of street jitsu. Well, not true. I'm more going to be more weaseling my way in being the water boy. Well, dude, that's what. That's all. <coughs> I'd love just to be a fly on the wall. Like, yeah. Like, anyone need some towels? It's going to be incredible. It's 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 something I'm really looking forward to. Um, I've I've just heard recently Israel Adesanya is going to be there for the whole camp as well. Yeah, so sick. There's going to be world class um, mixed martial artists. And it'll be interesting to learn and just kind of, um, you know, I have no real significance being there other than just being a student of Craig's. Yeah. Um, but obviously I want to coach MMA fighters as well as grapplers. And I also am really interested in how grappling, uh, what applications it has to mixed martial arts and self-defense for both their personal reasons as well as, you know, to teach other students. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to... To be a part of this Hopefully I'm a part of this Yeah <laughs> If um, you need someone To carry your bags Or to fill the water That you run <laughs> out You let me know bro For sure Yeah For sure I'm a red belt In street jiu jitsu no, Which is Craig is a is People a, don't know about Is a good person To be around Because cool shit happens Yeah Well cool shit yeah. happens Around cool people bro Yeah It's an age old adage That if you're around Cool people Cool shit happens For sure Yeah Dude I'm stoked I fucking these just Aussie sporting heroes, you know? Like, I wasn't too... Um, I don't really know sports much outside of combat sports. Yeah. But it's it's f- inspiring when, like, your guy is doing cool shit. Whether Absolutely. I love Volk. And, uh, as like, as an Indian, like, did you play cricket or anything when you were younger? No. <laughs> what? I know. What? I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's your dad? Give me your dad's uh, number. I'm going to call him that fucking word to this cunt right now, dude. Uh, That's fucking wild. Um, well, I was going to, like, I was really hoping you'd be like, yeah, man, fuck. And then I would have been like, bro, obviously, Warney, the goat, the best mm. ever. Um, I've, but it, it's good when, like, it's good when Australians are just ripping and tearing. Fuck yeah. Which is why I fucking hate the Qatar World Cup because. Mm. Qatar stole that from us, right? With a right. dirty little bribe, right. and then Qatar, really? yeah, and then Qatar's like, "Hey, bro, World Cup celebrations, everyone loves it. We know the rest of the Western world respects homosexuality, women, and you can drink there and you can have premarital sex in Qatar. No, you can't do any of that in Qatar. But like Qatar's like, we acknowledge that that that's what happens over there. So they were like, "Hey, dude, come on over to Qatar." We'll loosen the alcohol laws. Everything's it's going to be a big party and vibes. You can have lots of premarital sex. You can't have premarital sex and you can't be drunk in the streets. So like, a, why can you suck a dick? Why and you can't suck a dick? If you're a man, <laughs> you cannot suck a dick. What if you're a woman? If you're a woman, you have to wear a burqa and you can <laughs> suck the dick, but you have to be married to suck that dick. Your this is getting firebombed, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what for telling the truth of, on the rules of guitar? I didn't fucking write him, dude. <laughs> I didn't write the okay. rules. But, like, here's, here's the stitch-up, dude. Here's the stitch-up. Uh, Fuck these cunts. <laughs> Fuck Qatar. Here's the stitch-up. Uh. Yeah, like, why would, you, why would you go there? And then, like, to backflip on the rule was just, that's what grinded my gears. As an, as an alcohol advocate, 
<laughs> so but, then last minute they're like no alcohol yeah so at the last minute they're just like oh yeah by the way at stadiums no alcohol you can drink at your hotel room it's like what are we lonely men that are traveling yeah, wow. like traveling for work i can come on cunt this is the world cup but this is why fucking soccer just sucks a giant dick because yeah. they're a bunch of men that pretend to be hurt when they're not and real <laughs> men real men when they're hurt in sports Pretend like they're not hurt and keep pushing forward. Yes. So on that note, fuck the FIFA World Cup. Don't ever come to Australia. Go Rugby League. Go the Kangaroos. And go Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Alexander the Great. Put the Australian anthem on. Boots. I want to hear Australian it. anthem. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, cheers. Cheers, brother. Thanks for coming on, Bobby Sandy. Hey, thanks for having me. Oi, by the way. Uh, by the way. Yeah. We need to get if you get over there. Yeah. If you get in Volks, if you get in Volks fucking I'm in the training corner. camp. Yeah. If you get in the, not corner, in the corner, I will not be in the corner. You won't be in the corner, but if you if, <laughs> if, if, if you if you get like if between like rounds, right, when he's just like, Where's my water? Where's my water? Yeah, yeah. Right? And you run over and you're like, Bruh, I've got yeah, I've yeah. got the water here for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like he's taking deep breath and he's trying to compose himself. Yeah. I just need you to be like, Hey Volk and it's just like you know, bam bam. He's a cultural icon. Everyone loves Bam Bam. Mm. For your next fight, brother, in Perth, biggest fight of the year. And I'm saying that, and it's only going to be in February. Biggest fight Fuck of the year. Yeah. Possibly the biggest fight in Australian <laughs> UFC history. Wow. Volk. This is huge. The great man, Volk, needs to come out to this. Australia. Fucking Australia. This is a country. This is the this is God's country, and right? And then here. and then like and the then right and then when he when he whoops Islam Makachev, mm. just fucking he's doing shoeies with Bam Bam, Bam up, oh, yeah. And then the and then the rest of Australia is just fucking public holiday the next day. The ass wow. sniffer has been defeated. Wow, that's what I reckon we should do. So can you pass that message on to Volk for me? I will do my best. It's either Volk or the next... If I ever get a, a, an Australian MMA mm. mixed martial artist on here, mm. I'm going to try persuade them to walk out to that. Well, we, we've got a guy coming, but he's Muslim, so he won't do it. <sighs> well, after everything <laughs> I've just said about guitarists, you're going to want to come on the podcast. <laughs> True, good point. Oh, dude, mate. Your point. grandparents don't know that you're mates with him, do they? <laughs> Let's leave it there Thank you very much for tuning in We love you Thanks Bobby Thank you Oh you know We start with the doctor We finish with the doctor baby Oh shit We finish with the doctor (laughs) See you at the bottom bro Two point six standard cans will get you, son. We gotta get the light years. We gotta get the the fried uh, rice at light years. That's what we gotta do. Okay, Bobby's made the call. Oh, chuck your headphones back on for one sec. You gotta hear the final message of this podcast. Something that will resonate with you very much. In the words of the great and the late Mr. Nate Dog. Smoke weed every day. Yeah. <laughs>